Meatloaf, it may just seem like we're making you the butt of this long recurring joke, but we're not joking is the thing. We have a lot of respect for you. No, I think Meatloaf is legitimately really cool. And I exhort all of you, all of our listeners, to go out and listen to his albums. All 115 of you. Go. They're really good. My dad made me listen to him when I was a kid. Did you know that Meatloaf had his first concert in Huntington Beach, California. Where you're from. Yeah. Wow, so there's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but there's also six degrees of Meatloaf. Yeah. And since you guys both have that Huntington Beach connection, I'm just going to say my Meatloaf number is two. Yeah, that means I am the second coolest thing to come out of Huntington Beach. Well, Chrissy Teigen also came out of there. I am the third coolest thing there you go. to come out of Huntington Beach. Welcome back to Uneaten Food, a bachelor podcast with Brock and Christy. We're glad to be back. I am glad to be back, but I think we should look at the numbers before we start talking about the episode. That's true. Are you, do you feel more validated, Christy? Mm, Kind of. Kind of? Okay, so last week we complained about the previous week's listens being at 92, less than 100. Well, after we complained about it, they jumped up to 118. So... That was a little nice. I had to beg for it, but it was still nice. And then last week's listen count came right at about the same mark, 115. So thank you to all of you for not sharing this with anybody. Say what? Yeah, really glad that we're spending 12 hours a week on a podcast that 115 people selfishly listen to. I'm spending two hours. You're spending like 10. I know, it's true. I take the (laughs) brunt of it. Because I'm the wit. Give me that rose. So we open up with Trouble in Paradise. Yeah, Nick is, he like ran away last episode and they found, it was nighttime and then it randomly was the daytime and Chris showed up. He like slept on it and then Chris came to like talk some sense into him. Chris came to talk him off the ledge. He did. You know what? He, Chris has been here before. He's a smooth talker. He knows just what you need to say in these situations. Hope I'm not interrupting. What does he want? It's not what I want, it's what I can give you. It's obvious you're not some dumb schmuck up here to snatch a few purses, am I right? You're very perceptive. I watch 60 Minutes, I say to myself, these guys are professional, they're motivated, they're happening, i.e. they want something, huh? Now personally, I couldn't care less about your politics. Maybe you're pissed off at the camel jockeys, maybe it's the Hebes, Northern Ireland. It's none of my business. I figure you're here to negotiate, am I right? Hans, Bobby, I'm your white knight. <laughs> Chris is just like this psychologist, pseudoscientist. He's like host. the Malcolm Gladwell of the Bachelor series. He really is. But I love Malcolm Gladwell and I love Chris Harrison, so the comparison is robust. Um, but so then Nick goes back to the women. He is like, you know what? I don't want a cocktail party. I don't want a rose ceremony. Again, again, this drives me crazy. You know how much I hate this. It's so annoying to have him cancel both of those things. But at the same time, he like slaughtered his roster. And so obviously they're not going to have a rose ceremony. The problem I have is there is a social contract between the viewer and the show. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we come back every week 
for the cocktail party and the rose ceremony. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the show keeps breaking their contract with us, but I'm powerless to like protest it. They're doing us wrong. They are. Rise up on your knees. Oh, man. I'm going to cut in a Hamilton song here. Don't. Please You're don't. Gonna love I'm going to skip it. I'm so sick nope, of that Hamilton. Gonna do it. Gonna do it. Here it comes. Three, two, one. Let's go. Oh, oh, oh. At least it wasn't Beyonce. Jokes on you. No. My daddy Alabama, mama Louisiana. You mix that Negro with that Creole, make a Texas Bama. I'm a baby hair with baby hand So they're going to Bimini. Bimini. Which I thought was Bimini for a while. Yeah, I didn't know it. I feel I've like never heard of it. I know. I feel like I am a very geographically literate person, and I'd never heard of Bimini. You are incredibly literate. I really am. We have huge maps yeah. in our living room. That's how literate she is. No, maps of like Africa from 1957, and then predating that from like 1932, I think is my other map. But 1932, basically it was just England, wasn't it? Yeah, and France and, and the Dutch. And the anyway, Dutch. whatever. Okay, Bimini. But see, the B fact Bimini. that we the fact that we know these things though, it's it speaks to how geographically literate we are. We no, you are literate. It's I true. am illiterate. I was elected to lead, not to read. Bimini is in the Bahamas. Here comes the hotel plug. And this is a big week because there's a lot of one-on-one -on -one dates this week. And Vanessa got the first one. Vanessa gets the first and one. And Corinne was not happy. She is not happy at all. I've been waiting for another one-on-one. -on -one. Wow. Oh, God. You lucky bitch. I'm really bloated. So you know that music from Jaws where it's like dun 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 and you know the shark's coming? Mm -hmm. When I hear doo 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 doo, I know Corinne's about to say that's, something wild. That's Corinne's theme. It is her theme. Doo doo doo. That will forever be Corinne's music. When our grandchildren are watching The Bachelor. <laughs> when our grandkids watch The Bachelor, they're gonna hear that music and we're gonna tell them from the porch. That's Corinne's music. That was her music. Coma? <laughs> Why I go in and out of comas all the... French toast, please. I would say Vanessa probably had the coolest one-on-one -on -one date this Which week. isn't saying much. I know. They're kind of lame. They weren't that great. I feel like they went to the same bar. They got those same bottles that are wrapped in yeah, coconut or something. I don't even know. I don't Banana know. Banana leaves, whatever. But can we talk about Vanessa saying the L word? Because mm -hmm. this is... This is my count, the third girl that said the L word, and Nick is getting more and more uncomfortable Here's with thing. each love. Did she say that she loved him, or did she say, I'm falling in love with you? Because those are two different things. I don't think it matters, because the word love, that's a charged word. Yeah, I don't know. It's got some weight. Here's my thing about it is, Nick, I was just, I'm continually surprised at how inarticulate he is. Like, he knows this is coming. Have a answer prepared, you know? Like... He just kind of like 
fumbles and mumbles and doesn't really know what to say. And I just want to say it to one girl, but I, I, I really, I, I really like you a lot. What? Like, come on. Yeah. Be, be ready. At one point, he told Vanessa, "I'm leading with my heart here." Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. No. No, but. Yeah, so she was. She walked away very disappointed, which I mean, I kind of would be too. I'm maybe not expecting him to say it back because you know the rules. Like, say, I mean, we saw what happened on Ben's season when he said that to two different women. It's really not fair if you say it. But the way that Nick phrased his answer was super just disappointing. It was so. disappointing, and you know, it's almost better too that Vanessa wasn't at home. Because Corinne was talking some major smack. She was talking, yeah. She said Vanessa didn't have any depth. And she was like, well, she's just a special needs teacher. It's like, uh. That's a really hard job. <laughs> yeah, that's a really hard job. That's a really virtuous person who does that You don't type get of a work. nanny. That doesn't, that doesn't pay enough to I give you a I just don't see a lot of depth to Vanessa. She speaks French and Italian and is a special ed teacher. I'm like. That seems pretty good. Although, Christy, I'm starting to question the whole special needs teacher thing because I did find her on IMDb. She has an IMDb page, people. You're right, though. It is amazing. I, I've been waiting for the universe to provide a path for me, and and I think it has. You're gay. No, no. no I'm, not, I'm not gay. No, Lindsay, how many times must we have this? No. I want to be an actor. So I have Vanessa's IMDb page right here. Uh, it says in 2017, she played herself on The Bachelor. Mm -hmm. And she also played a very important role on a TV show called Blue Mountain State, which is TVMA. Ooh. Ooh. In 2010, she played the role of girl. Well, if you think about it, now she's playing a woman. So it was like a promotion. So Christy, is she here for the right reasons? I don't know. I feel like it's pretty fishy that she's, you know, playing the whole special ed teacher card without saying, oh, hey, by the way, I tried to have an acting career. I'm hoping the universe provides a path for me. Group date time. So they go shark diving, which is pretty cool. I don't know how down I would be with it since they weren't in cages or anything. It was just like, and those sharks, they looked like big sharks. It wasn't like, you know, is it whale sharks or whatever that like, they're sharks, but like they're really nice and cool. Whale sharks are massive. They're massive. And but like people, they, they're massive, but they're like nice sharks. You know, those sharks that they had in the water looked mean. You go inside the cage. Cage goes in the water. You go in the water. Sharks in the water. Our shark. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. And here is where Brock and I disagree because he saw this date, saw what happened with Christina being scared of the sharks, and he thought that this was a play by her to get more time with Nick. Oh, I'm so scared. I'm going to go back on the boat and Nick's going to comfort me. It wasn't just a play. It was a genius play. See, and I think all that she the was women, just... Christy, all the women are scattered around the boat. Mm -hmm. Okay. Christina gets back on the boat and Nick follows her. Corinne was looking around like, where's Nick? Where is everybody? They must have had a solid 20 minutes to themselves on that I boat. don't think they had that much. And I think that Christina was just genuinely scared. So would I. I don't see this as like... Christina intentionally trying to pull a Corinne, basically. We've seen Christina make great moves on this show. I don't understand how she can make great moves in the past, and then now, 
we say, oh, well, it was just... Well, the difference is there was literally a shark beneath her at this moment. So I'm going to say that's an excuse. Governor Bush? Strategery. In the end, though, despite Christina's deft gameplay, Raven had the ace up her sleeve. Shocker to me. Honestly, I was not expecting her to get the group date rose at all. So late in the game, mm-hmm. she pulled out My Dad Has Cancer. Ooh. That. That is a play. That's a big play. Mm-hmm. She had that in her back pocket for when she knew the stakes were high. I have played poker and thought I won. And when I didn't, like the blood just drained from my face. That's how Christina looked mm-hmm. when Raven got that rose. Yeah, I thought Christina was a shoe in for Raven this guaranteed game. herself a hometown with that story. That was a great move You by can't Raven. send home the girl whose dad has cancer. You can't do it. I'm just eating cheese. Corinne eats cheese. Danielle has a one-on-one date. And I'm pretty sure Corinne had the more exciting time. I think the cheese had the more exciting time. <laughs> I don't know. Like It was like pulling teeth from Danielle to get her to say more than a one-word response. Holy cow. She's not the one you want to do a bike ride with. In a town of nobody. Yeah. Oh, I was just, I felt bad for him. Like, and here's the thing. It reminded me of their first one-on-one date. Actually, literally the very first one-on-one date of the season. And they kept talking about how they had such great chemistry, all this stuff. And I just didn't see it. Like, I thought their date was so boring. Like, they rode that Ferris wheel at night. They kind of walked around the Santa Monica Pier. And I was like, this girl doesn't really seem to have much personality. But whatever. Maybe they're not showing something. This is just... This is a validation of what we knew, and Nick finally figured it out. I know. So it was, that was a tough goodbye, too. It was really hard. I, w- I hated to see it go down like that, because she kind of dug in the knife a little bit. It's just so great, man. Not great enough. Oh, no, she did Oh, yes, she did. No, she did Yes, she did. No, she did Yes, she did, Peter. I just saw it. All right, take it easy. Brutal. That is brutal. Every really time I brutal. hear it. And we're letting Nick off the hook a little bit, too. We're blaming a lot of it on Danielle, but Nick didn't exactly ask questions that incited introspective conversation, right? Right. It was mostly like, oh, so did you have fun? Or, you know, yeah. did, did you like riding bikes? You know? That's the thing is great conversation takes two people. Danielle doesn't seem like she's super good at it. But, I mean, looking at Nick, is he? Has he ever been? I mean, it's kind of one of his hallmarks is being a terrible conversationalist. And that's the thing is, I think what people, when, when Nick talks about chemistry, what he really means is like, I suck at conversations. Like, if he just got better at conversations, I think he'd have more chemistry with I feel people. like when he's like, oh, like, I have chemistry with this person, it's another way of saying she does the work. She makes it easy for me. It's like, no, dude. Like, if you had any sort of emotional intelligence, you'd be able to handle this yourself. You're never going to give that up, are you? No way, man. Emotional intelligence no forever. No way. Oh! No Sick burn, bro! Sick burn! Then comes the moment we've been waiting for all season. Corinne tries to seduce Nick for a second time, this time without whipped cream. Maybe that's why it didn't work. Maybe. I don't know. It's it's funny because, so they've been teasing this since, I mean, seriously, the first promo that they've shown for the show, they've teased this. The, my heart is gold, my vagine is platinum line. And we, we don't even know now if her vagine is platinum. I know.
Like that Nick, could be a complete yeah. falsehood. Should we call it a falsehood or should we call it a lie? I think it's an inadvertent deception. That's a falsehood. Which is also a lie. <laughs> <laughs> what it, it, you're saying it's a falsehood and they're giving Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave alternative facts to that. The best part to me is that Corinne is playing this vixen temptress lady and she cannot walk in high heels to save her life. Even expensive high heels. Those were those were Christian Louboutin. Those were $900 stilettos. A I, joke. How do you spend that much money? And she's walking like a freaking, like, like Bambi or something, like Bambi on ice. I don't know. Come on. It was bad. You know what though, Christy? I feel for Corinne in Why? this moment. Because as someone who has made a move and heard, I don't think this is such a good idea, more often than not, it's really painful and awkward. I don't know who you could be talking about. There's only one person I could be talking about. Damn straight there is. Before we move on, I just have to say... One of my favorite moments, not just of the whole season, but of the whole series, happened as Corinne was walking out of that hotel. What happened? Let's listen. If I don't get a rose, I'm just going to be devastated. I didn't hear anything. Oh, but you did. You heard the sound of an automatic door opening and Corinne ignoring it like a boss. <laughs> <laughs> she walked right past that thing to the manual door. She was like, no way, automatic door. Not today. I am walking out the door that I have to push. In those high heels that she could not walk you in. You know what? She's growing up. She doesn't need an automatic door. What's next? Not needing a nanny? We'll see. I don't know. I feel like this is a really pivotal moment in the development of her character as a person. Rachel and Nick had their one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. and they went to a bar, and they did pretty much nothing. Yeah. But there was one highlight. Mm-hmm. They talked about race. Finally. Yeah, this was an interesting conversation. Nick has to go home to meet Rachel's parents. He didn't want to say, have you brought home a white person? Right. Rachel had to bring it up herself. Well, he kind of beat her on the bush a little bit. He was like, he kind of asked her, am I like other guys that you've brought home, which was code She's not stupid. She's a lawyer. She knew exactly what she what he was talking about. We'll see how that goes down. I mean, her dad's a judge. Yeah, that's rough. That's really rough. You don't want to meet a judge dad. No. No way. Because he's automatically judging you. That's literally his job. He's really good at it if yeah. he's that he's, high He's up. a federal judge, too. He's not just a, you know... That's like one step below the Supreme Court. Yeah, basically. Man, when you put it in terms like that, like, it's guess who's coming to dinner, but reversed... And your dad is not just judging you because he's a dad. He's judging you because he's a federal judge. That's rough. Double jeopardy. We are fine. And finally, we have the goodbye to Christina. Once again, we don't get a rose ceremony. No, I'm pissed. I am going to be done with this show if I don't get one more freaking rose ceremony. I don't think you're, you're not going to. Well, I mean, the final episode is technically a rose ceremony. He can't keep walking into the house and just sending people home. You gotta think really? about it. Really? No. See, I disagree though. I disagree though. I feel like it's, if I was in Christina's position, I would much rather not have to go 
doll myself up, stand there like an idiot and get sent home in front of everyone. I feel like it's much more courteous to do it this way. It's not about Christina. It's about you and me, the viewers. And I want a rose ceremony, dang it. Throw me a freaking bone here. I watched the show for the rose ceremonies, an hour and a half. Well, for what it's worth, she didn't let Nick off the hook. Straight faced, no tears, telling him what you're doing doesn't make sense to me. She was so stereotypical Russian. I love it. Stiff upper lip. Mm-hmm. You know why the Nazis couldn't beat the Russians? Why? Because of people like Christina. That's right. And also Winter. <laughs> you fool! You fell victim to one of the classic blunders. The most famous is never get involved in a land war in Asia. That's a lesson that Russia had to learn the hard way. In Afghanistan. Yeah, in Afghanistan. So, yeah. You don't want to mess with Russia, man. You really don't. Whether you're Nick, whether you're Michael Flynn, doesn't matter. Just stay away. They will mess with you. Maybe that's what Nick is doing. What? Maybe he's worried Christina is like some Russian spy. Oh, like she can't pass a security clearance or something? Like she's from the KGB. <gasps> Maybe Nick is a super spy. I doubt that. He'd be the most boring super spy. Maybe that's why he'd be the best one. He'd be James Bohr. It would have been funny if he said James Bland. Dude, well, that's perfect. Cut it in. <laughs> Cause I slay, I slay, I slay. Hometowns next week. Hometowns next week. That's a great one because that is one step away from the fantasy suite. Yeah. Do you think Corinne's going to make it? Mm, I, ooh, this is a good question. She's just No, I think she will. Going. I think she will. I think he's finally going to go to the fantasy suite with Corinne because... I, I'm thinking that Rachel goes home next week. I don't know. Maybe her dad just hates him. Corinne just stays alive. Her dad is a federal judge. He can see through Nick. So I think maybe Nick's days with Rachel are numbered. Pull the lever, Grunk. Wrong lever! Huh? Why do we even have that lever? In any case, major props to Corinne for just staying alive. I thought for sure she was going to be gone this episode, but here she is. I don't know whether she's like a cockroach or a Twinkie, but that girl just stays alive. Her nanny raised her well. And we'll meet her next week. I'm really excited to meet her, actually. It's going to be great. I'm and glad I'm glad Corinne has a hometown. It'll be even better, too, because now we'll know her face for when she comes on The Bachelor in Paradise. That's true. I'm still guaranteeing the nanny will be a VIP. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe Jorge in Bachelor in Paradise needs love too. Maybe he's not married. Maybe he's just a single guy. Jorge's going to find love. Man, that, that would be all time. That would be all time. So tell your friends and share so we get more than 115 views. That's our goal. What's our stretch goal, Brock? 150. 150? Yeah. Okay. Guys, you can help us do it. Tell your friends. Goodbye.